Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Disney Channel Original Newbies. I'm Joanna. And I'm Sam. And uh, number four, can't believe we made it. It was a, a long, treacherous journey, but we've made it through Brink. We've made it through Halloween Town. We've even made it through You Lucky Dog. And now here we are on Under Wraps. Yes, yeah, so we went back in time. Under Wraps was the first Disney Channel original movie, and it came out in 1997. We had previously skipped it because it was not on Disney Plus, but uh, we found it on YouTube. Thanks, Internet. Definitely started out with a bang, Disney did here. I don't specifically remember this movie growing up, but I definitely, knowing myself as a child, I would have loved this movie growing up. I probably would have been at least at first scared of this movie because I've always scared easily. Goosebumps was a little bit much for me. Although, Are You Scared of the Dark was okay, so don't know how that worked. That's strange because mm-hmm. I thought some episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark were way scarier than anything on Goosebumps. I guess it depends on the episode, though. Yeah, and I think it's because I also, well, I didn't read a lot of the Goosebumps books because I thought they were scary. More of a Babysitter's Club person over here. But I think when I read the books, whatever I pictured was probably scarier than what was in the TV show. And so with Under Wraps, this is now our second Halloween-related movie within the first four Disney Channel original movies. I think there are some really big Halloween fans at Disney. I'm sorry to break this to you, but outside of the other Halloween Town movies, I don't know if there are any more Halloween-related movies. That's actually really disappointing because I genuinely like Halloween-themed movies. (laughs) Should we switch up the podcast and no longer do Disney movies and only do Halloween-themed movies? but not horror movies, just like family-friendly Halloween-themed movies. It's a very niche category, <laughs> yes. but I think we'll be able to pull it yeah, off. Yeah, very niche, unlike Disney Channel original movies. Absolutely not. Uh, speaking of Halloween, going all the way back to Halloween Town, my mom listened to that episode. Hi, Mom and Dad. And my mom was happy to provide some Halloween memory information that i neglected to mention when we discussed halloween town um so fun fact my sweet 16 was halloween themed and we turned my parents basement into a haunted house and how many people were there for this halloween themed sweet 16 i don't know maybe 15 that's that's more than i figured actually for a basement party yeah i mean Well, I'd have to think about it. It was definitely 15 or fewer, not 15 or more. Okay. And what did you dress as for it? Um, I was Zorro. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a fun one. I had a sword and everything. My mom also said that when I was younger, I had a very nice witch costume. She also corrected me and said, we never had as many as three kids come trick-or-treating. So it was fewer than three. Fewer than three. Okay. And that one year, we left a full bowl of candy on the porch, and we went trick-or-treating and came back, and not a single piece of candy was taken. Oh, I thought you were going to say there was more candy in 
than when you left it. Oh, that would have been a pretty sweet twist. Like some of the bears in your town just, you know, they try some Snickers. They're like, you know what? We feel bad. Let's let's buy them some extra Snickers for now. Well, it's the, uh, the mama bears and the daddy bears. They were like, you baby bears have way too much candy. We need to limit you. You're going to get cavities. Yeah, no. Give it to the humans. That's the big thing with bears is cavities. Yeah. It's the number one killer They're known for it. Yeah. Those grizzlies, they, uh, it'll get them every time. Oral health is important for bear culture. <laughs> yeah. So this movie opens up with a familiar face. Did you know who the dad was in the beginning of the movie? Well, I did because that's only... Because you turned to me and you're like, that dad is the teacher in Brink. And he's also, did you ever watch Even Stevens? Did we talk about this? We did. I think you said you just know it was the opening was a cartoon, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So he's also the dad from Even Stevens. And I think he's done a lot of Disney things, but I'm not positive. You're asking the wrong person. Yeah. Just so, just saying that. Unbeknownst to the audience, the beginning five minutes or so of the movie is the main characters of the movie watching a movie about a monster. Very meta. And it's actually pretty, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say scary because you kind of know the monster's outside before he scares the dad. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's pretty gruesome what they reference happens in it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a garbage disposal and a knife and a monster shoving the, uh, the dad's head towards the knife in the garbage disposal. Yeah, and presumably the dad's head goes into the knife that's spinning around in circles. And also, his family is in the next room. Screaming, I believe. Were they screaming or was he or screaming? Or he's screaming. He maybe, is screaming. Yeah. None of them come oh, to check the Oh, then the audience up. screams. Yeah. Because it, it pans out of the movie. And then you see two of the main characters in the movie under wraps in the audience watching the movie. Yeah, Marshall and Gilbert. And the whole purpose of this scene was to show that Marshall loves scary movies and monsters and things like that. And Gilbert is very scared. He's a very, very scared little man. He's a Sound of Music fan. Huge. Yeah, Julie Andrews, definitely on on his radar. Also seemingly not a fan of the Nazis. Yeah, he did mention... That there are no singing Nazis in The Sound of Music, and he was not he was not there for that. But the crazy thing is about that scene, Marshall, noticeably quiet about whether or not he approves of Nazis, which, I mean, his silence was deafening in that scene. <laughs> you know, I didn't notice. <laughs> that's, that's all I could think of. <laughs> I think what I was more focused on was that these characters' names are Marshall and... Gilbert. I think Marshall is a somewhat normal name. I mean, thinking back to 97, I don't think that's that ridiculous. Gilbert more so. Gilbert, come on. Who was naming that guy? Although my favorite basketball player of the last 20 years was named Gilbert also, so I can't really really blame him. And Gilbert Grape was... Yeah, what is eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, I think that they may have come out after 97, or maybe before, definitely, because Leo was pretty young in it. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe they named him Gilbert because of what's eating Gilbert Grape. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame him. So then we we find out that Gilbert delivers papers. Marshall's neighbor 
or one of their neighbors. One of the I feel like they're in the same neighborhood. So maybe both of their neighbors. Yeah, so one of their neighbors is this creepy guy named Mr. Kubat, I think they pronounce it. Is yes. that right? Yeah. And he drives past them when they're leaving the movie, almost hitting them. And then Gilbert tells Marshall that Mr. Kubat hasn't paid for his newspaper ever, it sounds like. It, at least in the two years that Gilbert has been delivering his paper, because Gilbert has not asked him to pay. Because he's too scared, which and is actually pretty fair, because once you meet Mr. Kubat and see his house, he's a pretty creepy dude, and he lives in a pretty creepy house. That's true, and he has an absolutely adorable little puppy. One of the most adorable little 70-pound massive puppies I've ever seen. A little pupper. And this and this puppy, so Marshall and Gilbert go to Mr. Kubat's house because Marshall thinks he's all tough and could beat up Mr. Kubat, basically. And he immediately regrets his decision. Oh, absolutely, because Mr. Kubat just stares them down and just unleashes his dog on them. Who was a? It's like a metal like link chain that goes out very far. Oh, it has to be thirty-five to fifty feet long. That I mean, that dog goes from the front door straight to the gate. Why even have a leash at that point? How old, when you first saw Mr. Kubat that scene, how old do you think he was? It was difficult to tell, um, one, because he was in shadow, and also because we were watching a YouTube version of this, which was not of the highest quality. And hopefully the FBI is not listening right now. I cannot I mean, believe what? you said that. We paid for this. <laughs> yeah, I thought he looked like he was in like his 30s or maybe 40 years old. I mean, later in the movie, I would have said maybe late mid late forties, maybe early fifties. Okay, but I feel like the way they were talking about him made it seem like he was seventy years old. About how like he can't drive and how he's creepy and things like that. But well, I mean, you don't have to be seventy to be a bad driver and creepy. But well, the first part I would disagree <laughs> with you, but maybe not creepy. It helps. <laughs> it does help. Also, they were saying that he was retired. He worked in a museum and he was retired, which presumably would make him older. The next thing we find out that Marshall's mom and dad are divorced and she's now dating someone named Ted, which we mentioned before about stepdad names. Ted is a really good stepdad name. Do you think that Disney... Uh, the people who were working on these movies, they were just like, let's make a list right now of the stepdad names. And we'll just go down the list for each movie. I really hope so. And I hope in one of them, it's a, there's a Rico. That'd be a really Ooh. cool stepdad name. So we're going to do it with a mustache. In, uh, in Brink, it was Jerry? Yes. Jerry. Uh, there wasn't a stepdad in Halloween Town. Was not there was a, no dad. There, there, was, no, there were no father figures. Yeah. No, there were no men above like seven who weren't just evil men in that movie. <laughs> no, no parents in You Lucky Dog. Not so. at all. There were divorced parents, but no stepdad at that point. Yeah, no stepdad. Well, he could have been the new stepdad, Kirk. You never know. What was his name in that movie? I don't remember. It's just Kirk at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh. And uh, yeah, now this movie. So... Yeah. Ted, second stepdad name on the list. So a lot of divorce in Disney movies, we've realized. So there's been four. All four have had divorced parents. Yeah. Or well, we don't, a father out of the picture. Right. Because in Halloween Town, yeah, we just knows? know that the dad is not there. Who knows at this yeah. point, yeah. 
Um, we also find out that Marshall's room just has posters and like not like I guess cutouts and like models of monsters and creatures in it. Oh, it's bizarre. It's very terrifying. Yeah. I do not like his room. Like, how could you sleep in that room and then wake up and be like, oh, no, this looks normal. I'm not afraid of this. Yeah, this is fine. His room is that meme of the dog sitting in burning flames. Like, this is fine. I remember when I was, I want to say about maybe 14, 15 years old, my younger brother knew that my sister hated spiders. So what he did was we had this, like, fake like rubbery kind of spider it was like colorful it wasn't didn't really look like a spider that much and he taped it to her ceiling above her bed and i don't recall her reaction the first day but it has been there i think it was there for like 10 years straight and she never took it down and she definitely knew it was there like she noticed it you, you couldn't wake up and not you couldn't walk into the room and not see it it's always been there is it still there she moved rooms, so I don't... It's possible. I'll have to... Maybe I'll call her after and ask if the uh, the spider's still there, but... After they... After we see Marshall's room, I think they go to the school next, and that's where we meet their... Marshall Amy. and Gilbert's friend. Yeah, their friend Amy. Amy. And maybe they said, hi, Amy, when she walked up, but I don't recall. So for me, I just didn't know her name for a very long time yeah i didn't know her name until about halfway through the movie i think yeah i have a note that i scribbled at the top of a page that said oh amy that's her name yeah so they may have mentioned it i didn't think at first she was gonna be a major character in it when they first met her i thought it was just kind of like a passing by whatever situation but then i realized oh she's actually one of the main characters of the movie right so. the nameless character yeah nameless amy until it's grand reveal that her name is amy and in this scene, they talk about how Mr. Kubat died the night prior. I believe while making breakfast because right. he was having pancakes. So death by pancakes is the preferred way to go. And they said that they found him covered in pancake batter, which sounds dull, disgusting. I mean, that means he didn't even get to eat the pancakes. Would you want to go out that way, covered in pancake batter? No, because that would mean I didn't get to eat the pancakes. That's a good point. I'm sorry. Sorry for even asking that. Yeah, so here I have, they said that he used to live, the rumor was, he used to live in the New York Museum. So I don't know. We don't, they weren't oh, in New York, were they? I don't know where they were. They were just they in suburbia yeah. somewhere. Right. Um, so, so maybe knows? he didn't work in the town museum, but he worked in a museum. A different museum. Okay. Right. And they also talk about how someone saw a coffin in his basement, which is mm. going to be a very vital detail in the remainder of this movie. Yes. And they formulate a plan to break into his house to just see the creepy things either in his house or in his basement. You know, as uh, middle schoolers do. Oh, yeah. They're all... A what, maybe 12 to 14 years old in this? Yeah, I would say they're probably in like maybe a little bit eighth grade-ish. Yeah. Maybe ninth grade. Yeah, I can In see that, that range. They're going to movies by themselves. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And walking home from the movie. After dark. <laughs> yeah. There's also a full moon when they go to check the basement. And they see a sarcophagus through the... Well, not through the basement window because... Marshall, no, Marshall and Amy are holding Gilbert by his feet. 
Right. They, to look into the basement. Yeah, they tried to shove the window open, and Gilbert ended, ended up falls, falling through. Yeah, some slapstick comedy situation, and they see a car- sarcophagus in the basement, or at least Gilbert does. Yes. And, and he freaks out. Just from seeing the sarcophagus. Well, no, he sees oh, the sees hand the, come right. out. He sees a hand yeah. outside, hanging outside the sarcophagus. And then he sees the hand move, I think. Yes. Does this movie try to say that mummies... Oh, by the way, it's a mummy in the sarcophagus. Surprise. That mummies wake up when there's a full moon? Yes. Is that a thing? Uh, not to my knowledge. Because I feel that was just like werewolves regarding full moons. Well, werewolves transform in full moons. Right. But there are are a lot of literary devices where things have to be done by the full moon. Lots of full moon magic. Okay. Floating around. All right. I must have been uh, ignorant to that point, so I apologize. Ignorant up until right now. Yes. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> we have... I Oh, they leave eventually, right? What happens next? After he um, sees the hand move. Yeah, he sees the hand move. He hoists oh. himself up out of the window. They yes. run away. And then Gilbert realizes, I left my glasses. My glasses fell right. off. His glasses fell off in the basement. And at this point, Amy says, oh, it's okay. My I... mom has a key to the house. Because and... she's trying to sell the house. Yes. And Gilbert goes, why the fuck didn't you tell us that before which doesn't make it it doesn't make any sense because they could have just had him go into the basement first and just change it around how they do the reveal of the mummy right but then amy points out oh but it's much more fun to break and enter so that was pretty silly on their part so they go get the key we don't see this they go get the key they come back and they go into the house to get his glasses back Marshall and Amy go downstairs while Gilbert stays upstairs because in like a huge scared. chair. Right, he's yeah. very scared. Yeah, For good reason, they are yeah. breaking to a strange person's house. And he did just see a hand pop out of a coffin. Right, he's more calm than I would be in this situation. Yeah, he uh, he's just chilling on the uh, on the throne upstairs. During this scene, the mummy appears and upstairs. starts. Upstairs, right, meaning that the mummy walked upstairs since they left the basin previously. And he's just walking around, chasing them around the house in Scooby-Doo fashion. They're trying to hide. They're trying to run away. And it looks like the mummy is trying to kill them. But then we realize, one, there is a, a bit of potty humor when the mummy seems to have them cornered is walking towards them and then does a double take because he sees the bathroom. And I don't know how the mummy recognized that it was a bathroom. No idea. Because in ancient Egypt, at least to the best of my knowledge, there was no indoor plumbing. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not. I think think Pharaoh invented the first toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His name is Pharaoh Crapper. (laughs) And he invented the first toilet. (laughs) first flushable toilet yeah easy mistake and the scene the scene is almost the exact same scene from austin powers when austin gets up from from being frozen yeah and just pees for a really long time and the kids comment on him peeing for a long time too which wasn't that long too in the movie i mean he's kind of dehydrated 
Which makes sense. Yeah. It's probably like decomposing and stuff like that. Yes. Um, also, I did not hear a flush, and I don't think he washed his hands. I don't think he needs to. He just went to the bathroom, man. I don't care who you are. He's you covered in like hands. towels, so I mean, maybe it's just very absorbent. <laughs> that means he, he that's even <laughs> he more with, reason to wash his wiped, hands. He wiped with his own. No. His... <laughs> uh, good times. Uh, yeah, so he goes to the pee, and then he picks up Gilbert and like holds him in the air, looking like mm. he's going to crush him, but then he takes out Gilbert's glasses and gives them back to Gilbert. And Gilbert kind of backs away, and this is when I realized that Marshall is a really good friend, um, even though he's kind of you know, pushing Gilbert to be less of a scaredy cat i think throughout marshall seems like a pretty good guy yeah but at this point he runs in front of gilbert and shields gilbert with his body yeah so i mean he's a hero basically he doesn't they haven't realized that the mummy is a good mummy yet so he just thinks he's jumping in front of his friend and shielding him from danger but admirable but a surprise to everyone who's watching this movie the mummy is good and is not trying to kill them. He's a very sweet mummy. And then the mummy gets scared by Marshall's watch, it's which is a very, very, very fancy watch. Oh, yeah. It does everything. It's you basically an iPhone. You could schedule appointments on his wa- on his digital watch. His watch is an iPhone. We also find out that the mummy understands English and can communicate Vaguely. Well, he knows what's going on. Yeah. He hears he, people. He doesn't he doesn't really speak back is the only issue. Yeah, he but he grunts comprehends what people will say to him. Yes, which is also impressive because he's been a, in a sarcophagus and presumably hasn't spoken to anyone since Since Egypt. ancient Egypt, yeah. Yeah. Although I mean maybe in the full moon the mummies are aware and can hear what's going on around them. So maybe that's how he learned English. Do you think the mummy got out of its sarcophagus every full moon? Ooh, that would be cool. Like, this is just another... Uh, and that, right, just another another day. moonlight stroll well, I guess for it, him. I guess it probably wasn't, because I think I was talking about later, that you need to break the seal of the sarcophagus for the mummy to awaken. I don't really know. I mean, also... Who cares? And I mean, clearly by the bathroom scene, that mummy already broke the seal. Very fair. He had a few brewskis while uh, <laughs> while they were going to get the key. I mean, they never show the inside of the sarcophagus. <laughs> Gilbert and Marshall, I guess more so Marshall, wants to keep the mummy. And so he tells the mummy that they're going to go for the day because it's nighttime now. They're going to go and they're going to come back the following day after school. And they're going to help the mummy. Well, I no, you're right. At this point, Marshall's just saying, I'm going to keep him. Yeah. He's going to be my my pet. Exactly. He's going to be cuter. His little mummy slave. Yeah, he's going to be. No, he's going to be cuter than Mr. Kubot's dog. You think he was that cute? That Marshall thinks he's that cute. Yeah, I guess. He didn't want to keep the dog as a, as a pet. Just the mummy. You don't know that. They don't really discuss the dog. <laughs> we don't really see the dog much after the dog that point. discussions were off screen. <laughs> So they go to school the next day. Immediately upon going to school, this other child comes up to Amy and starts flirting with her. And she tells Marshall and Gilbert that she doesn't respect that kid because he's seen an Olsen 
twin movie twice. Which I didn't get. You watch Olsen twin movies all the time. Well, yeah. At least twice a day. What's your favorite Olsen twins movie? I did not see a ton of them. Oh, my God. uh, Unsurprisingly. (laughs) I don't know if this is my favorite, but it's the first one that popped into my mind. Um, They're in the witness protection program. And they end up in Australia. That sounds familiar, but I don't remember it specifically. I don't remember what it's called. Um, I just remember that they tried Vegemite. There were a lot of uh, cute Australian surfer boys in it. Witness Protection Program. And one of them ends up with a giant diamond as a necklace. Okay. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. My favorite one had to be Switching Goals. Have you seen that? I have seen parts of it because you show them to me. I've showed you parts of Switching Goals. Oh, absolutely. That's so funny. Yeah, we used to rent it from Blockbuster. We rented it probably three or four times when I was younger. A day. A day, you yeah. Would, yeah, you would rent it from Blockbuster. We'd freaking bring fire it back, miles at Blockbuster. Rent it again and then bring it back home in the same day. Yeah, it was great. It's about, obviously, they switch. One of them's really good at sports. It one's really popular in school, and they switch spots of one another. So one is also pretending to be good at sports, and the other one becomes popular. I'm not really sure exactly. Now I think about it. What was the purpose of them switching? Because they looked the same. Just because they could? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah, I that, think one that wanted, makes sense. One wanted like date a boy, and one wanted to like get the affection of their dad and play soccer well. I think it, that's what it was. Okay. All right. We'll just leave that there. Did I show you the clip from one of the Olsen twins movies where the really racist clip? Not that I can recall. There's a, <laughs> there's a scene where it's the two of them and either two or three other kids. And one of the kids is like a black girl. And they're talking about what foods they want to bring to a pizza party. And they're all talking about like pizza and popcorn and whatever else. And then they have the black girl say something along the lines of forget the pizza and let's bring some chicken holding like a huge like (laughs) boned fried chicken. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. I don't remember watching that growing up, but I remember seeing it just on YouTube after the fact. That did not hold up well. Getting back to the Olsen twins, though, and the movie. They talk about a lot of like Halloween creatures and like what certain Halloween creatures do, which didn't really matter because they only see a mummy. So I'm not really sure why they even had that discussion. I think they were running down the list so that they to jog their memory so that they could remember what the deal with mummies is. But they realize that they can't remember. So they go to the expert. The bookstore nerd. Bruce. Bruce the nerd. Go, Bruce. It wasn't even a bookstore. It was like a a comic. Oh, I guess a comic book store, maybe. I don't even know. It was like a spooky store, like a Halloween store year round. I mean, he had a lot of books. So for me, it was about spooky creatures. Yeah, it was a a niche bookstore. (laughs) Very niche. Didn't even look like he gave those books out. I think he just kept them in the back of his place. Uh, Only only the valuable ones for the the high bidders. So my my favorite thing about this scene with Bruce. So the three of them go to the store and talk to Bruce about mummies to get more information on them. And he has, like, a full bookshelf of encyclopedias about creatures such as mummies and 
vampires and whatever, some creepy crawlies. And he pulls out a book and the entire encyclopedia is just about mummies. Yeah, he pulls out M. <laughs> it was no, it wasn't letters. <laughs> it was the entire book, which had to be, I don't know, six hundred to seven hundred pages, maybe at least. A small text. It was there's, a very small font. Only about mummies. And then when he opens up the book, he opens it up to a random page, flips once more like twenty pages later, and he's on the exact page in the entire book about mummies that he wanted to get to. Have you watched movies before? No, tell me about them. <laughs> well, there's this thing in movies where they don't have time to look up in the table of contents or index. So they frequently open up a book and do one to two flips to make it look like they're searching. And then they happen to be on the page. I would have enjoyed no more- it a lot more if he <laughs> spent five minutes getting to the actual page. More realistic. Oh, absolutely. So he tells them about mummies and what they do and like what wakes them up and, and he this talks is where about, we find out more about that moon magic yeah but the full moon mm-hmm. and then he tells them that this mummy i think it was ra was the egyptian person that this mummy may have been that wasn't very clear i don't think um i don't think they made it clear who the mummy was guarding but just that the mummy was most likely a high priest and then they talk about how the mummy needs to go back into its sarcophagus before Halloween. Or it will be destroyed. Which I thought was fun because I don't know if Halloween existed when the Egyptians were around. Oh, you know what? They did not call it Halloween. Oh, yeah. What they call it? They called it... um. It was some ceremony. I don't remember yes. what it was. Okay. <laughs> Dia de los Muertos. Yes. <laughs> Famous Egyptian holiday. Yes. (laughs) So they find this all out as background. And Bruce is like, what's going on, guys? Why do you even care about what mummies do and what they don't do? And they don't tell him what's going on. Yeah, they're like, nothing. Nothing's wrong. Look over there. Stop looking at me. Nothing's wrong. So they go straight from Bruce's store to the house where they saw the mummy previously. They find when they get there. That the house is empty. It has been emptied of all Mr. Kubet's creepy belongings, including the sarcophagus in the basement. And they are told this by a little tyke who is a little rascal and running around in front of the house. Yeah, and he actually plays the role that you thought Amy plays. So like he just shows up and gives a little bit of information and then leaves. Oh, yeah. He just pops away. He's in it for maybe five minutes, but gives the most important information in the entire movie on several occasions. Yes. And he also uh, carries a a towel around with him in case he needs to wipe things up, which I thought was very practical. And he's very annoying as well. Oh, yeah. Like you said, we only see him for five minutes and he was already annoying. Easily my least favorite character in this movie. So we see that everything in the house is gone. The basement's empty. Um, Amy's mom, who is the realtor who's showing the place and selling it, says, oh, yeah, everything was moved out. There was a truck here that was bef- that came here before, took everything. And why do you guys care? Why do why are you here in the first place in Mr. Kubat's house? And they're just like, um, look over there. Bye, Mom. And the next thing we see is it just cuts to the mummy just walking around the town, having making a day of it. In the broad daylight, 
Plenty of people going around, plenty of cars going around. No one thinks it's weird. No one looks twice. And this is not in New York City. No, this is a very suburban, yeah. very I mean, suburban if this, area. If this were set in New York City, I would have been like, of course no one's You wouldn't have looked twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a mummy. <laughs> what else is new? Let, let me tell you about what I saw in the subway the other day. <laughs> uh, so the mummy like goes, to, I mean, it's like a funny scene. The mummy goes to, I think it's like an ice cream place or some sort of like fast food place and tries to mm-hmm. order food and then steals a soda. Yes. Well, he doesn't know that he has to pay. I think that's still stealing. I don't know. It is It is still stealing, <laughs> but he was unaware of his crime. Yeah, so he takes a soda. He sees like a kid in a park, and the kid sees him, but the mom is turned away comically to not see him. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> she keeps telling the kid, it's not polite to stare. Which is true. Yeah. She's not wrong. Yep. And then he eventually sees a man being released from a ho- released from a hospital, put into a hospital. A man in front of a hospital in a wheelchair in a full body cast. Right. Like wrapped in like, not like gauze, but yeah, I guess it was like a full body. Mm-hmm. He got into a very bad accident, it seems like. Yes. So he gets wheeled into the hospital and the mummy's like, oh my God, that guy looks just like me. This, that's where I belong. Let me go into this hospital. And... The second he walked into the, the door of the hospital, I knew for certain that his wraps would get stuck in the automatic in the door. doors. Yes. <laughs> How could it not? But it's impressive that, you know, the wrap is supposed to be wrapped around his body. Uh, and yes. he did not realize that it was coming undone, which makes absolutely no sense. Well, I think the part that, like, physically didn't make any sense is that if it is wrapped around his body, he would have to spin around yeah, for it to be able become to just unraveled. Keep walking forwards, like yeah, he did yeah, throughout yeah. the entire hospital, and leave a whole trail throughout. Exactly. Very big plot hole here. Mm-hmm. I, I almost turned it off at this point. I couldn't take it. Between that and the finding the page in the book, I cannot watch a movie that this is this unrealistic. It was very frustrating. <laughs> uh, he eventually goes to the reception area. And the nurse thinks that he's a burn victim. Fair. Right, because he doesn't Fair. look exactly like a burn victim. And she calls the do- <laughs> she calls the doctors to come over. They start like examining him on the ground there. And they say that he has no pulse. Which uh, he's moving around this entire time. Which is, it, he probably doesn't have a pulse because I don't know how mummies he, work, well, but he, I don't think they have pulses. Yeah, but definitely. Like, he's, I don't, he doesn't have a heart. He's making noises. They he's pulled moving. his heart out of his body. Like, I don't think they check for pulses of people that are clearly moving. Unless they're checking, like, your heart rate. But that wasn't what was going on here. They thought he might be dead. Yeah. He doesn't have a heartbeat. This guy who is moving and flailing and making sounds does not have a heartbeat. Bring out the AED. And they just defibrillate him to shock him a few times and his... And then they set him on fire. Right, because the cloth, he's covered in cloth. I don't think you could use a defibrillator on someone covered in cloth. No, you're supposed to take the... they rip your shirt off Yeah. Yeah. And if you're hairy, they shave you. Oh, my God. They're in such a rush. (laughs) But it's even better because the nurse originally thought that he was a burn victim. And then they set him on fire. Yeah. To make him relive the the worst the moment horrors. of his life when his uh when someone arsoned his house, he he somehow gets out of it and runs away 
from the hospital staff and runs out of the hospital. And then Marshall and crew happen to find him. Yep. And then he mimes everything that happened to him to Marshall. And Marshall somehow... Oh, no, Gilbert, maybe. Gilbert understands what he's talking about. No, it was Marshall. It was Mar- okay, Marshall yeah. understands everything he mimed him. It was like a one and a half minute mime scene. Yeah, and I think Marshall Very good work goes, by the actor who's playing what? the mummy there, miming everything. I was very impressed. Yeah, he did a really good job. Even I knew what he was talking about. Which is very amazing. And I don't speak mime at all. <laughs> they eventually bring the mummy to Marshall's house. Where he fits right in, in Marshall's room. You would have, could have fooled me. I watched the movie and still could have fooled me. I thought that was still, easy. could have just been, you know, just blend in with the wall there. You know, I have to give Marshall's mom credit because she walks into his room at this point because they're, you know, trying to hide a mummy. It's kind of a, a loud production. So she comes up to check and she notices the mummy. And it scares the shit out of her, I think, at first. Yes, it does. Because yeah. it looks so realistic. But the fact that she noticed a new creature in his room. Yeah. Where there, there are hundreds so, of things. Yeah. There's so much. And I feel like that shows how involved she was and that she cared. She clearly loves him very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Go mom. They have a good relationship, it seems like. Yes. The mom eventually leaves. They decide, I guess kind of Marshall decides to call the mummy Harold, which was his uncle's name or something like that. Someone's name. But of course the mummy's name. What else would you name He looked like a Harold. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would name a mummy. It's a no brainer. They pour some perfume on him. Because he He tries to eat a goldfish, it seems like. Yeah, he's hungry. Does he eat the goldfish or does he spit it back out? He spits it back out. I couldn't see. It took a while, though. It like, was like a David it, Blaine trick. It was basically uh, in his stomach. Maybe that's where he got the trick. Ooh. He saw this movie in 97. And he was like, I can do that. There's my career right there. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross when he does that. David oh. Blaine or the mummy? David Blaine. The mummy seems fine. I don't know. <laughs> he probably didn't actually swallow it. Or did Maybe. He? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I've, I think uh, they when he was mummified, and they took his stomach out of his body. So how can he even eat? Yeah. How do you drink the soda? You don't want to know. Ooh. How do you pee? Also a fair question. <laughs> um, he doesn't also, have any organs left. We also find out here that Harold, the mummy, his favorite song seems to be All By Myself, or whatever the name of the song is called. All by myself. Yeah. Who sings Solid. that? Um, I don't know who sings that version, but I know Celine Dion sings it oh i was gonna say the beatles (laughs) of course you would say the beatles (laughs) so we find out that's his new favorite song or i guess his only favorite song his the only song he knows and the next scene we find out a reveal that mr kubat isn't actually dead what did you think mr kubat was dead well i i read the uh synopsis synopsis I was going to say the program blurb. I read the synopsis, so yes, I did think that okay. Mr. Kubat was going to be alive. Well, I didn't read the synopsis, and I also thought there's a good chance he's still alive. They wouldn't have brought him in. Yeah, it wouldn't make any to sense. To not have him come back. For him to be in it for two seconds, and then that's it. Uh, so he's not dead. He has some associates with him, 
And this is where I was a little confused. They're looking, they had the sarcophagus with them and they're looking to offload it to someone else to sell to someone else. We're not really sure what the purpose is going to be for in the future, but they obviously know that the mummy's not in the sarcophagus anymore and they're looking for the mummy. So does Mr. Kubat know that the mummy could walk around? At this point, no, I don't think so. I mean, he probably just thinks that someone broke into his house and pried open the sarcophagus and took the mummy out. Okay. And I guess I guess it would sell for more if there was a mummy in there, presumably. Yes. Is why he's concerned about it. Yes. That's what it seems like. Okay. And also, you want to sell the complete product. Do you think when the people were moving the sarcophagus... They should have seen or felt that there was no mummy inside of it. From my understanding of sarcophagi. Yeah. Sarcophaguses, sarcophagi. Sure. Uh, they're heavy. And uh, so they're just so much heavier than the human being, the 250 pound human being in it, that you wouldn't even realize it wasn't there. Yeah. And I mean, how often do people move a sarcophagus so they how like they don't have anything bi-weekly yeah oh in that case yeah they should have known yeah they should have realized dumb mistake on that part yeah unless they were new and this was their first sarcophagus job <laughs> so yes yeah, so now we know the, the reveal that kubat's not dead we have marshall bringing up that i think he starts complaining about his mom with the boyfriend yeah. I don't know if it's here or later. They mentioned like the boyfriend's too nice, that he feels kind of uncomfortable with the boyfriend being there. Yeah, it comes up a few times throughout the movie. Yeah, he mentioned he talks about it with Amy at one point. I don't know if that's this scene or later, but a few touching scenes with Amy. You know, definitely having a crush on each other. Um, but you know, Amy lets him know, Marshall, you can open up to me. I'm here for you. And in this scene, Marshall falls asleep. And the mummy gets kind of bored and goes on an adventure. And a dog finds the mummy. The note that I made is dog. Yeah, that's what I wrote down right. my notes. So yeah, yeah I yeah. can't can't disagree yeah. with that. <laughs> the mummy's outside. It goes on a skateboard at one point. Uh, it chases a bus because it sees like an Egyptian symbol for like the Illuminati, basically that little like eye yeah. in the triangle. So chases the bus because he sees that symbol, which he recognizes, and he eventually stumbles into the, the museum, local museum in the town. Yes, which no one has mentioned that there is a museum in the town at this point with a full exhibit about ancient uh, Egypt. Yes, I mean you think that. You know, Bruce in the bookstore would have been like, oh, you're interested in mummies. Hey, the museum has an exhibit you might want to check out. So Marshall, Amy, and Gilbert are looking for the mummy. And somehow they realize that the mummy went to the museum. I don't really remember how that happened. I think they just see the museum and they were like, oh, the mummy probably saw something familiar so of course that's where the mummy's gonna go because we gravitate towards the familiar right so they go to the museum in this scene (laughs) very weird scene here they so the three of them are talking and someone makes fun of i think gilbert's pajamas and then 
Someone makes a comment to oh. Amy about her pajamas. And Amy says, I sleep in the nude. And this mind was- you, Amy is like 13 years old. And this was and speaking to not- two other maybe teenagers, tweeners at most. And this was not the first like sex joke that she's made. Um, at one point, um, before the hospital scene, I think, uh, she makes a comment. I'm not wearing a bra. I'm wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, that was also very strange. And they like are, yep, that's a normal thing for her to say. Yeah. That's not strange at all. This is okay for the first Disney Channel original movie. And then the weirdest sex comment is in the next scene when they're in the museum. So they see the mummy in the museum looking at some Egyptian broad in a other sarcophagus and he's like looking at her lovingly and clearly there's some sort of relationship between Mm. harold the mummy and And whoever's in the sarcophagus right and i don't know if they read it on like a placard there or they know it from the book i can't remember exactly how it happened or it came about but they're talking about how harold swore his celibacy in like defense of the priestess or something like that or i think um all high priests were supposed to, they were supposed to be celibate. Yeah. And they, oh, and they also see that Harold has the same medallion on as the mummy, the female mummy. Yes. And that's when someone makes a comment like, I don't think Harold was celibate. And then <laughs> Gilbert doesn't know what celibacy is. So he asks, oh, what's celibacy? And. <laughs> oh, my God. Say it, say it. So what what do you have? Because I can't really read. So one of them says it means no chicks. Yes, that's what they said. Right. And then Gilbert, I think, says, I don't, that doesn't sound like a problem or something along those lines. I don't remember what he said. I mean, Because I think then Amy says you'll get used to it. Yeah. Kind of directly implying that Gilbert's never going to get laid. Which is very funny and it very funny. strange for a 12 or 13-year-old girl to say to another 12 or 13-year-old. It was very funny in the movie, though. It was. And actually, I don't know if it's that strange for kids that age to talk to each other like that. It was just strange to see it on a Justine Channel movie. It's funny that they both knew what celibate meant. Well, they they looked it up. Before then? One of them. What? I don't remember. Who cares? It was very funny, though. It yeah. was great. It's a very good scene. So Harold's walking around the museum, he sees some hieroglyphics, and then Harold seems to realize that he needs to get back into a sarcophagus before before the end, before midnight on Halloween. Yes. Which so, is, again, almost the exact same premise as Halloween Town, where they could only <laughs> go, to Hall- go from Halloween Town back home by midnight on Halloween. Hey, if it works, it works. So that was great. Um, the cops eventually thing. come, they escape before the, like, very quickly they escape before the cops get there, and that's their run-in with the museum in their town. I think when they leave the museum, though, they talk about how Harold likes watching relationship movies, and they mention Ghost, Sleepless in Seattle, and some other, I think there's some other Meg Ryan movie, I can't remember exactly, but apparently... Harold is a uh, a big fan of relationships. He misses his lady love. Yeah, so after they talk about these relationship movies, 
I think it, they cut to another scene. I'm not really sure. But that little kid comes back who's named Leonard, the same one that was in front of Mr. Kuba's house earlier. And he tells them to go wipe something off. Right. Which is weird. Well, then he gives him his towel. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And his plot point here is to tell them that there was an ice cream truck, which was the thing that took away the sarcophagus and the other things in the basement of the building. And of course, the the trio immediately realizes, oh, that's that ice cream place that went out of business. Let's go there. Yes, they all get on their bikes. The mummy gets on the smallest bike of all time. And they all bike over to the ice cream factory, I think uh, it was. Don't forget about the fashion montage. Oh, right. They all they get clothing for... <laughs> they, for they all Harold. get clothing to disguise themselves, I think. Uh, well, it's mostly for Harold. And they just go into a thrift, stop, a thrift shop. And they say, we need clothing that's really big and really cheap. And Harold walks out in some uh, pretty intense 70s disco shoes. Very Saturday Night Fever looking situation here. Yes. And they got him these really big heels as if he wasn't already tall enough. And he has the whole collar popped over the jacket. And on their way, I guess just leaving that store, a woman who's also dressed as if it's the 70s sees Harold and his 70s wear she's definitely thinking that this is going to be a love connection and flirts from a distance and that's when he pulls down his shades and she can see that he's a a mummy yeah or something is definitely wrong with this man gets freaked out and runs away valid Uh, i can't blame her yeah (laughs) i think that's a normal reaction so that's when they bike over to the ice cream factory or production center who knows um and Mr. Kubat is talking about how the buyer's coming that night to buy the sarcophagus with the mummy, I think it sounds like. is That's what the deal is. Yes. Around this point is when I started thinking to myself, so the plot of this movie is that the these kids are trying to get a mummy back in the sarcophagus before midnight. Yes. And the bad guys also want the mummy back in the sarcophagus yes so what is the issue in this movie everyone just wants the mummy back in the sarcophagus not only that but the mummy also wants to be back in his sarcophagus yeah everyone is agreement Everyone this has mummy aligned goals should be in, this in the movie. sarcophagus. Yes. The only slight disagreement is maybe Harold wants to be in a sarcophagus next to the woman he was protecting. And Marshall just wants to hang out with the mummy more. And that's it. Everyone else has the same goals besides that. Yeah. Yeah. Although it kind of changes a little bit in the future. Because with the sale, it's not very clear what's happening. We'll get into that. But, I mean, it's not... I don't think it's ever explained, to be honest. Um, the next thing I have here is that they went to some sort of a Halloween carnival. Yeah. Uh, can we just talk about how intense Halloween parties are, not just in this movie, but in all movies? They, like, yeah, they're very, very ready for it. And it's mainly adults there. Almost entirely adults at this party. Yes. 
But just in general, when there's a Halloween party in a movie, like they go all out. What's your favorite Halloween party in a movie? Ooh. You better not take mine. This is going to take a while. Mine's definitely Donnie Darko. I didn't even think of Donnie Darko. I don't know. I'm thinking Mean Girls. That's a pretty good one, too. But that mm-hmm. was that a Halloween party or was that just like a costume party? I think it was a Halloween costume party. Oh, but it wasn't a costume party. Right? Because wasn't she weird because she dressed up or something? She was weird because she didn't dress up as something sexy. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, she was an ex-wife. Yes. Okay, fair. Yeah. That's a good That's a good shout. Thank you. Good shout with Mean Girls Thanks. there. <laughs> so you don't even go here. They go to this Halloween party carnival, whatever. And one of the kids dresses as Dennis Rodman. Which is very, very strange. Yeah, that was. Do you Gilbert. know who Dennis Rodman is? I had, I knew the name. I had to look it up. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. He also used to dye his hair really cool colors. He was ahead of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Amy is dressed as Princess Leia, I guess, because she has like the bun kind of things over her ears. Yeah, but he, she's just uh, wearing regular clothes and then puts those on. Yeah, she's over. She hates trying. And hates, like, effort being put into things and, like, being a part of things, it sounds like. Well, yeah, she's a teenager. Yeah. Although. Trying is not cool. Marshall was super into it. So, he's a teenager, presumably. Girls mature faster than boys. Uh, Maybe that's fair. Uh, So, they go into this Halloween party. They're trying to get Bruce. Oh, that's why they go. They want to talk to Bruce. And he's at the carnival party whatever running he's running the haunted, the haunted house, house yeah which isn't scary at all i would go through that haunted house i mean we didn't really see much of it they run through it yeah they're running they didn't they didn't creep up on anything nothing was had time to jump out and scare them yeah you're not giving the haunted house enough credit that's fair so the real thing during the scene is that harold the mummy is he kind of like wanders off by himself and he's by like the punch bar and some woman's dressed as Cleopatra, I guess. Yes. And she starts flirting with him. And I had some confusion about this scene in that it seemed like she thought that was her boyfriend was Harold. I think she says that. I don't think so. I thought that she was just like, oh, I'm making a love connection at this Halloween party. Okay. So let's say that's the case and she didn't know who he was beforehand and they just start so they start dancing with each other. Mm-hmm. And then some other woman comes over and thinks that the mummy is her husband. Yes, because he was also dressed as a lot of mummies at this party. 20 or so mummies at this party. At least. So she thinks that Harold's her husband, so she gets mad at Cleopatra and Harold for them dancing. Right. But then she finds out, oh, it's not actually her husband because her actual husband comes over. And then Cleopatra, for some reason, is like, whoa, then who are you then? As if, if she wasn't, she was like trying to dance with that woman's husband? That wasn't clear. I don't know what's going on there. I think they were just trying to have a reveal... So that everyone can see that uh, Harold is an actual mummy. He's not pretending. 
Right. Which scares everyone. Yes. And there's a kind of a frenzy. Again, understandable. Oh, for sure. And uh, that's uh, when they start running through the haunted house, as you mentioned. Yeah. And right before that, Gilbert, who lost Harold in the party, sees Harold and goes over and is like, hey, Harold, we got to go. Let's get out of here. And punches Harold. Turns out it wasn't Harold who was actually the principal of his school dressed as a mummy. Skinner. So that was pretty fun. Um, I think I think Gilbert's going to be okay, though, because he assaulted his principal off of school grounds. Yeah, I think that's... He might only get in-school suspension. Yeah, I think he's going to make it out alive. So, we'll see. So they run through the haunted house, and they leave but i think at this point that's when harold gets taken by mr kubats so that they can put him back in the sarcophagus right which is exactly what they want to do anyway so harold gets taken and eventually they have to get bruce the nerd guy in the in the store to help them out and drive them over to the ice cream place where Harold's being taken. Yes. And well, when they get there first, Gilbert's like, sorry, all I'm going to sit this one out. I'll hang out in this hearse because Bruce drives a hearse. Um, see you later. So was not into Gilbert. Um, also, when we go into the warehouse, we find that they haven't actually put Harold back in the sarcophagus, but they instead have him tied up. Yeah, and just like chained to like some poles in the place. I do not understand that at all, except for, you know, let's move the plot forward. Yeah, it didn't. And then the buyer comes and he's like, oh, the deal's off. Which also didn't make any sense. Do you think he just saw like the animated mummy and he was like, oh, wow, this has to be worth more money. I'm not paying for a live mummy. I wanted a dead mummy. No, it seems like Mr. Kubat was the one that. Oh, right. So Um, I don't even know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I would assume that he was like, I'm going to make some money off of this living mummy. Right. Which, I mean, he doesn't know that the at this point, he doesn't know that the mummy uh, will no longer exist if it's not back in the sarcophagus. So he didn't he's, do the research. Yeah. yeah. So he's thinking, I'm going to take this mummy show on the road. Maybe he's going to start a circus. Who knows at this point? He can do whatever he wants. He is a mummy. So the mummy is all chained up. And at this point, Marshall goes in with... With Bruce. Bruce. And Amy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they... Oh, no. This is when they all take everything out of their pockets. Before they go in. Oh, right. And they have like 84 cents and a match. And you're like, huh, wonder why they mentioned a match there. I wonder if that's going to come up later in this movie. I bet. That's a plot device. But the thing is, Bruce and Amy go in, and her idea is to light the match under the... the what, sprinkler. Right, the water sprinkler for when there's a fire. So she tries to do that, or he tries to do that? Yeah, Bruce climbs up and tries to right, do Bruce it. Bruce tries to do it, and he just isn't able to do it. Right. Well, he's kind of hanging on to some pipes with one hand, leaning way out with the other, 
trying to reach the sprinkler. Right. So the match, which they foreshadowed being used later, doesn't is useless. Matter. Yeah, it doesn't just like waste the five minutes really. Yes. Well, they needed that five minutes so that Bruce could break a pipe, knock some stuff over, and be really loud. Let the bad guys know that they're there. Yeah. And Amy is just so mean to Bruce. Yeah. The entire time he's mean. trying to light the match. And he's nice. He's He believed them. He's going out of his way to help them. And she's just a jerk. Yeah. So- Come on, Amy. <laughs> So no, nothing happens. Their fa- their plan totally falls apart. Is that when Bruce falls into like all the buckets and stuff like that? Yes, that is when that and happens. And so he makes a lot of commotion. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mr. Kubot and the associates find them. And he explains to them that he faked his death because he owed taxes to the IRS. And the only way to get out of paying his taxes to the IRS is to fake his death. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I guess he's just living in the ice cream factory at this point. Who knows? I mean, what else are you going to do if you owe taxes to the IRS? There are literally no other options. So at this point, it looks like all is doomed. Mr. Kubat has Harold. He has Bruce. He has two of the kids, Amy mm-hmm. and, and Marshall. Marshall. And then what do you know? Mr. Scary Pants Gilbert. Who was in a limo, like a hearse? A hearse. A hearse, a hearse limo kind of thing. Drives into the building. At the perfect time. And basically just scares everyone. And I think he hits Mr. Kubat. Um, I don't know. He's Mr. Kubat's also holding a gun at this point. Yes. So they need to figure a way to stop him from shooting them. Yeah, and one someone says, he's not going to shoot us, he's bluffing. And I'm thinking, um, this guy actually faked his own death yeah he doesn't so why would he, he care yeah no one why knows he's still he alive in the first place so he drives into the building i think like parts of the building like caves in like some poles mm-hmm. and beams fall over basically just knocking out all of mr kubat's associates so now it's only mr kubat holding a gun and then all the other good guys quote unquote left and that's when harold goes over and stops mr kubat and like tackles him or attacks him he does something to stop him yeah so mr kubat gets stopped he loses his gun and the good guys win yeah and it's pretty much as quick as that although i mean due to uh movie magic gilbert's timing was perfect however it was really risky move because he knew the plan he knew that their plan depended on stealth and not getting caught he had no idea what was going on in the inside yeah he's just like you know what Total fluke. i'm gonna drive this shit bucket into the building absolute fluke yeah he uh he did not think that through nope it not turned whatsoever. out it turned out for the best yeah so but good for him could have gone wrong and just also, saying could have gone wrong we also find out in the scene we're kind of realizing the scene that amy is really into marshall in a big way yeah yeah they're they're into way. each other well we don't know that yet i guess we kind of know but not as directly yet. So they go to the, the three kids and Bruce, I think also, go to the museum with the sarcophagus and Harold. Harold like shows his medallion, which wakes up the other the mummy. priestess or yeah. whoever that is. Right. Was it? It was the medallion. It wasn't more moon magic. Yeah, medallion. So okay. she wakes up. 
there's a um there's like a 20 minute sex scene between Harold <laughs> and the female mummy they which I thought was a little weird for this movie's rated like PG and on Disney. Sam having sex with your eyes doesn't count as a sex scene. They showed like full penetration and everything. <laughs> it was just I mean, like, I was into it, but it was a little unnerving to watch. Well, I feel like I learned something about you today. <laughs> she she goes to sleep in her sarcophagus. Bruce goes into his sarcophagus. Harold. Oh, Bruce. <laughs> Harold goes uh, into bookstore his. Bookstore Bruce, mummy Harold, Sam, get it straight. Harold goes into his sarcophagus, and before they close it, Harold gives his medallion or whatever they call it to marshall yes a very touching friend so marshall now has this really cool huge like not like an emerald what type of like Like red sapphire sapphire sure Mm -hmm. a really big sapphire and this medallion so marshall now still has this and that's pretty much the last we see that is the last we see of harold after he goes into the sarcophagus yes marshall uh, they conveniently put into the museum so now the museum is the curator's gonna wake yeah, up and the next be like, day just, hey, we do what I thought. What there was, I don't, whatever, whatever. So, it's weird because Monday, like, yesterday, someone broke into here, and then the next day, we had an extra sarcophagus. So, who knows what really happened here, but you know, who cares? No big deal. Yeah, it's fine. This is fine. It's great. <laughs> uh, the next day, I believe, Marshall, next we see Marshall's house. He's throwing away all, like, the posters and kind of scary whatever stuff that's in his room. His mother is concerned. Again, go mom. Way to show up. And this is when Marshall and his mom have their heart-to-heart where he mentions that, hey, if you love Ted, I want you guys to get married. You have my blessing to get married at this point. Which very loving moment and uh you know marshall seeing how much harold cared for nameless female mummy uh really showed him that love can be eternal yes very much so and then the next scene we have marshall i guess gilbert comes to marshall's house and he's like, hey, we're going to go see the same movie that they saw in the beginning, which is probably... How long do you think this took place over? Like three, four days? They went to school yeah. a couple of times. Maybe like five maybe, days. Maybe, yeah, five days sounds about Something right. like that. And he's saying, hey, we're going back to the movies. Um, Amy's actually going to come with us. Get and, ready and let's go. And Marshall's like, whoa, Amy's coming? Let me put in tons of hair gel. <laughs> Let me put on a nice shirt. Which Suck is just in. like a button down, you know. Hey, for a 13-year-old. Oh, uh, it was pretty nice yeah. for a 13-year-old. That's yeah. like a almost poor Mr. level t-shirt. T-shirt, wow. Dress shirt right there. Yeah. Uh, I... So he puts on a dress shirt. He does his hair up. And he looks himself in the mirror and is ready to see Amy, who's outside. Yeah. And uh, he opens the door. Amy's there. Love in their eyes. And it's Hi. super, super awkward. As it should be for 13-year-olds. And Gilbert's like, what's going on here and what's going on between you two at that point they start making some fart jokes and potty jokes at each other and it's all it's all cool Gilbert's like oh thank goodness we're back to normal don't have to worry about that nothing weird will happen and uh that's how the movie ends yay so as your first time seeing this movie what did you think about it um you know i 
definitely had a lot more fun talking about it than actually watching it because I did make several notes that were along the lines of, oh my God, this is still going on. I think there were some slow scenes. I liked it overall. I thought it was fun. I think it also hurt because the quality wasn't great on YouTube. That's true. I think it was, that did it was get in easier, the way sometimes. Yeah, if it was easier to see what was what was going on. I think it would have been more fun. There were definitely funny scenes. I laughed a few times during it. It wasn't. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't I don't really have any qualms with it. It seems like a pretty good kids movie. I mean, so there were like some adult jokes, but nothing like worse than like SpongeBob or something like that. Besides the sex scene, obviously. Um, but that was your favorite scene. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah some well, throw, throwing something in for the parents. I'm an adult man, okay, Joanna. <laughs> so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't. I think Halloween Town was probably better and had more fun watching that. But but they had more. You know, this was their first yeah movie, so right. they this had the first decom movie. So yeah, they learned. Yeah. Some background about the cast. Uh, the main. The guy who played Marshall, I guess he's not really the main character. The three of them are kind of main characters. But the guy who played Marshall was in the movie Jack. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh, you've never seen Jack before? No. With Robin Williams? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. It's a really good movie. His name is Mario Yadidia is the actor. The other kid, Gilbert, his name is Adam Wiley. And he was also, like, the second person so far in Gilmore Girls. And played, like, a pretty prominent role, too. He was in, like, two of the three seasons of the movie. Of the movie. Of the TV show. One of your favorites. Of course. So, hopefully there's more uh, Gilmore Girls characters in these movies. Clara Bryant, who plays Amy, is now a lawyer in Atlanta. So, good for her. You should call her up. Networking opportunity. We'll see. Maybe I'll... Send some clients our way. You can uh, talk about estate law. That'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. How yeah, it relates to canines. The guy, Tom Virtue, which is a really cool name. Do is... you think that's his real name or is that a stage name? You know what? I don't know. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> he plays the dad in the movie in the beginning. And he's the one, like we said before, he was also in Brink and also even Stevens. I think he's in like a ton of Disney shows. So I don't know if he's going to be in any other movies, but we'll have to look out for Tom Virtue. All right. That'll be, that'll be our scavenger hunt. Who can spot Tom Virtue? And the last one I have, they'll be declared virtuous. Yeah. (laughs) The last little fun fact here is the guy who played the mummy. Harold also played Marshall's mom's boyfriend, Ted, Ted. Yes. Which is fun. It is fun because Harold definitely became, I don't want to say a father figure, but he was, you know, the male figure that Marshall craved in his life. Now, do you think that the whole mummy thing wasn't real and that Marshall's mom set it up and said, hey, you know what? Ted, you pretend to be a mummy in this basement that belongs to our son's friend's mom is trying to sell. And then it'll teach Marshall to love an adult kind of like father figure for a little bit. And then eventually it'll work so well that probably the pheromones that you're giving off as the mummy will make him love me. Will love me as in Ted. 
and then he'll want us to get married. Do you think that was what happened here? So um, actually, it was Ted playing the mummy. So there are two issues that I have with your theory. Okay. Uh, the first... My very, very, very serious theory. Yeah, that is. You're, yeah. It's, yeah, you've done a lot of research. Yeah. You've put some serious thought into it. Definitely not made up on the spot. Absolutely. Um, okay, more than one, more than two issues. Okay, so hit me. One, one of them is, what about the female mummy? That was his mom. Okay, so they took the female, they hid the real female mummy. Somewhere in the museum. And Marshall's mom hid in the sarcophagus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Were Gilbert... So first issue, All right, done. solved. Were Gilbert, Amy, and Bruce all in on it? Everyone. Even Mr. Kubat's in on it. Everyone's in on even this. Even Mr. Kubat? Yeah. Okay. He um, pretended the fake his death. <laughs> that, was, that was the start of it. Yeah. Um, next issue... How do you think a single mother of a teenage boy had time to pull off this heist? And how do you think a presumably a man who works full time, several men who work full time, were able to take the time to participate? All right. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave it there. I'm going right, to leave it there. Fair, fair. <laughs> All right. Since there's no actual holes in my theory um also the guy who played ted the mummy does the voice of patrick in spongebob SpongeBob. and when you pointed it out after when we listened to like the yeah we went to the the grunts he was making the scene that you could hear it the most is when they're in the hospital. Exactly and the same. Tra- yeah, and he's it's trying amazing. to get the attention. It's the, same, it's the same exact noises Patrick makes. Yes. If you just listen to those noises, you'd be like, oh, that's Patrick from SpongeBob. Yeah. So, I mean, he must be doing pretty well for himself, I'm guessing. What? SpongeBob is over. Yeah, but I mean, how many years was that going on for? Yeah, how- is it actually over? I had no idea. Yeah. I, and, well, I guess I, I don't know how much voice actors make. Yeah. Maybe he is. For a big show like that, he's done pretty well, I'm guessing. Maybe he lives in a uh, palace. Oh, without a doubt, he lives in the palace. Do you think he lives in a pineapple palace? That'd be pretty cool. Uh, So since we watched this movie on YouTube, you could see, obviously, there's tons of comments about the movie underneath it. Mm -hmm. And pretty much, there's two types of comments under this movie. One is... It talks about the scene where he goes to the fast food place and accidentally orders food. Where And then the scene, he orders two double cheeseburgers, a small fry, and a jumbo orange soda. And they say that'll be three seventy five. Yes, I did notice and that. Half the comments are like, oh my God, that's so cheap for food. I can't believe food was that cheap. The biggest sign of how the times have changed. <laughs> and the other type of comment here is people saying, wow, this was the, these are the good old days where teenage characters could make sexual innuendos to one another back on Disney, and you can't do that anymore. Miss those days. Did anyone comment on the uh, all-out sex scene? That was your favorite? I think... 
Oh, maybe they deleted all those comments. I didn't see anything about that, unfortunately. They deleted all of your comments? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Here's here's the... Wait. Here's the, here's the script that we forgot before. So he says, what celibacy? And the other one says, no chicks. And he says, I can never do that. And Amy says, you'll get used to it. Meaning that Gilbert was super into chicks already. And already knew, I can't live without chicks. Yo, man, I need chicks in my life. Where do you think he got that boa? Oh, you know, we didn't even talk about Gilbert's mom. What about Gilbert's mom? She was, like, crazy. Oh, well, yeah. We didn't talk about her at all, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Gilbert's mom and how she was crazy. Have the floor. Go at it. She's only a disembodied voice. We don't actually see her. When we do hear her voice, she insists on being called Esmeralda and Gilbert. No, one of them is like, uh, your mom's name is not Esmeralda. And Gilbert's just like, just just go with it. He's not really sure. I have no idea really what her deal is. Yeah, the, Gilbert is just dropping hints left and right that there is something seriously wrong with his mother. Do you think she was the other mummy? Maybe I do, but that's not part of your theory, no, Sam. That's true. I'm sorry. I'll take it back then. <laughs> um, no revisions allowed. There is no room to change your mind in this world. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's pretty much all that I had about the movie. Anything else that you want to discuss? There's some other good one-liners, but we're going to get through all of them, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I think... I think I'm done with this movie. We talked about the sex jokes. We talked about your theory. We talked we talked about it all. That's right. And now, well, now that we brought in Gilbert's mom, we truly have talked about the it all. The mission is complete. That's all that really mattered. Congratulations, gentlemen. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this movie and this podcast. Um, if you have any questions for us you could always you know make any comments you want on our page on itunes um you could also rate and review us and let us know everything we're doing wrong as usual keep up the good work and also one thing i forgot to mention is the next movie we'll be doing is xenon Girl of the 21st Century, which is a fantastic movie, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, peace out.